Blog Talk Radio. morning, afternoon, or evening, and welcome to Hope for Today. My name is Naja E. Brown, your host, and we thank you for your support and participation. Hope for Today is an outreach program of Yield to the King Ministry, and our hope and prayer for our listening audience all over the world is that you hear something that is encouraging, life-altering, and prompting you to study the Word of God. We welcome your comments anytime, and you could reach us through our website at www.yieldtothekingministry.org. Well, welcome to today's episode entitled, Food for Thought and the Brain. And today we have a special guest in our studio. Her name is Jeannie McKay. And I'm going to tell you a little bit about Jeannie, and then I'm going to let her say hello to all of you. Jeannie is the Chief Learning Officer and founder of Mind Zone. She has a blog that's entitled Octane for the Brain, and that's located at octaneforthebrain.com. And she's also an author of a book that has the same title, Octane for the Brain. And the links are in the promotional material here for this episode. So right now, at this time, we welcome Jeannie, and Jeannie, please say hello to our listening audience. Hi, I'm so glad that I have an opportunity to speak with you today. Thank you for joining in. Well, thank you. It's our pleasure, and it's our privilege. Jeannie, I have one quick question for you, though. You've got quite a few alphabets after your name, and I didn't rattle those <laughs> off, but you've got CPC, comma, E-L-I-M-P. Just tell us quickly what those uh, letters stand for. Yes. I, you know, I went to school and earned other credentials, but I didn't put all those on there because the ones I think are really important to me now have to do with uh, being a certified coach, and I didn't just put in hours and take tests to get that. I actually had to make a difference in people's lives. So that's one reason I'm very proud of that certification. And the other is Energy Learning Index Master Practitioner. So I think at any age, um, many of us are looking for vitality and we're looking for energy in our lives. And um, that's uh, some work that I do in that area. Um, and there are lots of ways to get there, and um, working with our brain is certainly one of them. Well, cool. I knew it was important, and it certainly fits, but I just didn't want to to rattle it off and then <laughs> us not have a meaning. So thank you for sharing that with us, and, and also con- sure. congratulations uh, and kudos to you on your additional credentials that may not even be listed here. So today we're going to talk about food for thought and the brain. And I wrote some promotional material. And one of the things that I start out with is ask yourself this question. So go ask this question of anybody or many people. And what, uh, what, must, what must I do, excuse me, what must I do to keep my brain healthy? That's the question. And some may answer, eat, sleep, and live well. Others may interject, eat healthy brain foods. And yet some will say, stimulate your brain by learning new things. 
And all of these statements are true. All of these statements are true. You know, the human brain is an organ that serves as the central nervous system. It controls the functions of the body. And today, more and more so, people are being diagnosed with dementia, Alzheimer's, having a stroke that impacts the brain function, and they are experiencing behavioral health issues because of brain malfunction. And this particular topic is of interest to many people. And the nice thing, Jeannie, and I know that you agree with me, is brain health is not just a topic for seniors, but for all ages, and it's a hot topic. So I, I'm so pleased that today you're going to be able to share with us your area of expertise and just talk to us about what we can do if we were to ask ourselves that question, what must I do to keep my brain healthy? You're going to talk to us about that. But before I get started, I want to tell you that I was reading uh, a little bit, doing a little research for this podcast and on a, a website, I was reading something by Lee Euler, who's the president of Green Valley Natural Solutions. And there was a statement that caught my attention, and this is the statement. Memory starts to fade. Learning becomes more challenging. Things that were once familiar can become foreign and confusing, but it doesn't have to happen to you. And Jeannie, I suspect that you agree with that last statement. It doesn't have to I happen do. to you. So welcome to Hope I, for Today, and let's get started. Thank you. You agree with that statement, don't you? Oh, absolutely, 100%. You bet. Okay. All right, so you've been on a brain health journey for a while. Can you share with our listening audience how you ended up where you are today? I can. It's kind of an amazing journey, Naja, because my brain health journey actually started 65 years ago when I was three years old. And that's kind of an early time to focus on a career. But there was a, I think in my life, there's a planned path that took me into the work that I do today because I suffered a brain injury. Just Mm -hmm. um, if you want to know a little bit about it, um, I was out playing in a park, saw my 10-year-old brother Uh, there at the park and just started running toward him. He didn't see me, and I didn't realize he was in the middle of a baseball game. And uh, he was just ready to swing the bat. I happened to just run over toward him, and as he was swinging, um, I was knocked down, knocked out. Um, I ended up with two skull fractures. I had the front of my head um, fractured, as well as the back where I fell down. And um, so I, that could have been the end of my life right there, and I wouldn't, we wouldn't be here talking today. But what is interesting is that um, I was in a coma, and my uh-huh. family, my uh, father was a Methodist minister, and so he gathered around the people pray for me and then they called others in and so right there I was just surrounded I think with um, light and I was healed and when I came to they weren't sure I'd be all right so for many many years as I was growing up I 
we talked about the brain and, um, you know, is she going to be okay? How's the brain going to be? And I actually ended up just being fine. But there was something in that that when I woke up, I said, I feel better. And I was three years old. I don't know how I knew that I had felt bad for a while or where that came about. But my dad said, you know, I think that positive attitude has helped throughout your growth and development throughout your life. So um, um, I started with an encounter with a bat, but um, it's been a good journey since then. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Well, that's quite a story, Jeannie. Uh, I bet your parents were terrified, and I bet your your, your 10-year-old brother was, was alarmed. I bet you they stopped the entire baseball game. But uh, what I really, yes. really uh, enjoyed hearing was that your parents and others surrounded you in prayer, which and their, and their prayers were answered. And that leads me to the next question that I would love to ask you, and that is, how has your relationship with Christ shaped your journey? Well, I learned a lot about the brain because it was such a focus in my life. and. I felt like I could use my story. Um, I thought of this as actually when I was just a little kid, but I wanted to inspire other people that we can be healed. And so it really affected my life. And to the fact that when, <laughs> I mean, I get a little bit emotional when I talk about this. So if my voice breaks just a little bit, forgive me for that. But my Father gave me a note. (laughs) I can feel him coming, but my dad gave me a note when I graduated from college, and I had chosen the field that I was going to go into, which has to do with brain health. And Uh the note just simply said, Jeannie, God didn't give you an amazing mind so that you can just live a good life and escape to heaven. He gave you an amazing Um, mind by amazing. I don't think he meant just so much IQ, but uh, a healed mind so that you can bring heaven to earth. So um, that's my charter and has continued. And so throughout my life, I think from this experience, I've really been able to share my beliefs with people. And I have a story that opens the door. And when people are... Um, in traumatic brain injury situations, stroke situations, I'm able, I believe, to give some hope that would not have been there had I not gone through something traumatic with my brain as a child. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you're walking, talking testimony for uh, answered prayer, God's grace, his goodness, and all those things. And, you know, I'll share this with you. I pray for a sound mind daily. Uh, I just, there's so many things that are going on in my life that it's real easy to get things jumbled up and mixed up, but I pray for a sound mind, and I have to say and believe that God has answered that prayer and has faithfully allowed me to retain the functioning brain and how he designed my brain Mm -hmm. to function, Uh, and so I am just so, so very, very grateful for that. So what have you learned over the years with your research and, and, and the studies that you've done? What have you learned over the years about brain health and how to protect and restore memory? And I just shared one thing, and that is to pray over our minds, right? But what have you learned? What, what sort of information is out there about protection and rest- restoration of our, our memory? 
Well, Naja, there are so many strategies that we now have validated through research because people have lived long enough uh, that a lot of the research has followed people's lives to see what they're doing and how their brains are later in life. So we're able to make some connections between what we do, what actions we take with our lifestyle, and what some people just wait and see what happens when they're older. But we actually can put our faith in a lot of the research today. So that's one uh-huh. thing that, that I really want to point out. Another thing, and it's what you started out with, and that is just the fact that our brain's history isn't our destiny. Our gene pool is not our destiny. Our risk factors are not our de- destiny. Um, there are things that we can do, and one is definitely um, making sure that we treat our bodies in such a way that we are aware at all times of um, what we can do through nourishment, good health, uh-huh. obesity, and things like that are not helpful for us at all. Uh-huh. We also have to focus on inflammation, which is a cause of a lot of chronic illnesses as we age. But I think one thing that we've learned as well is that this is, even though the, the rates of Alzheimer's are scary and, and uh-huh. we look at those and it gives us just like all this worry but the thing is, people are living longer. And so that affects the statistics that we're seeing because a lot of people are living better. And when they have, some people have autopsies, they actually find out this person actually had a disease. They had Alzheimer's. But we've learned in certain ways to build up enough reserve of new brain cells through things that we can do through challenging our brain, exercising, these things can delay the symptoms of Alzheimer's beginning for those who Um. may be, uh, have a tendency to get Alzheimer's. So it's just an Uh exciting time right now to be alive. And I could go into more detail, but I'll, I'll hold off on that for now. Well, that kind of uh, brings us to our, the next question, and that is, uh, what new her- discoveries are on the horizon that offer hope for the prevention and maybe even reversal of dementia and Alzheimer's? So you talk about things, the choices that we can make in our life to ward off, you know, chronic diseases and to, you know, to do to live well and to eat well and exercise and all those things. Mm-hmm. But what what's on the horizon that would offer? solidified hope for the prevention and maybe even reversal of dementia and Alzheimer's? Well, I wish I could jump up and down right now and say we are (laughs) on the verge of a breakthrough on the horizon. Let me just be real here for just a moment. And that is research is still remaining hopeful that there will be a drug that will do exactly what you said, and that is to maybe do some reversal and definitely control uh, Alzheimer's disease worsening for people. But right now, the drugs, when they, when they get 
they start getting our hopes up. But what we realize is that some of the drugs aren't working as well when they go out to larger scale studies. Um, right now, there oh. are six approved Alzheimer's drugs globally, and five are approved in the United States. But uh-huh. what the fear is is that we're failing to treat. Um, the underlying causes of the disease. We're still stumped a bit on that. But I never want to leave anybody without hope. So the thing is, what has happened is that researchers are kind of saying, um, you know, we're not sure exactly which area of the brain to target because the brain is so complex. So what Uh they're thinking is that there may be a combination, sort of a cocktail of various medications that will aim at several different targets in the brain and be taken together to be effective. And that's what we've done for cancer. That's what we've done for AIDS treatment at this point. The other good thing I want to say is that Now, this isn't a scientific finding, but the good news that puts more discovery on the horizon is that for the first time, scientists are cooperating with psychologists who are cooperating Uh with medical communities, who are communicating with educators so word can go out, and associations. So it's like we've got now a lot of the best minds coming together And we're not just focusing on people who are at the end of life. We are starting to look at the beginning of life from the womb on and how, what we need Uh to do, how we can protect the brain in different ways at each and every stage. Because believe it or not, believe it or not, your brain health peaks, I, I, and ask the, the listeners if you could kind of guess the answer to this. When are you at the top of, the top of your game? Well, the answer is when you're about mid-20s, maybe a little bit before. Wow. So what does that mean after that? Is it all downhill? Well, what we're learning <laughs> is that no, <laughs> things uh-huh. change. <laughs> but, but the cool thing is that some of the things that we've learned – have to do with our attitude. Well, now all of a sudden psychology is coming into this, and we're realizing people live about seven and a half years longer on the average, depending on whether or not they view aging as something that's really cool. You know, hey, I'm getting Uh older. I'm looking forward to that extra candle on my cake. So for those of you who are listening, I'm going to be doing a blog on my website here very soon, and um, it talks about how your well-being affects your life and joy and how actually um, that will, you know, enable you to live longer, stronger. And that person that I will feature on that blog, it's called Take Your Brain on a Joyride is the name of the article, but it's going to be somebody you all know. And that is Naja E. Brown is going to be featured <laughs> in that particular vlog. So look forward to that. Check out the site. We're going to get that up there as soon as we can. So uh, hopefully that oh, helps. That's, that's, that's the short version. Well, that's the, that's the short and the long of it. I mean, that's that's good. I heard you say one <laughs> thing that's very important is, and that is we uh, there are symptoms you know that that occur, but there is always a root problem. So. Uh, the interdisciplinary yes. 
uh, teams that are coming together to continue this research, that, that gives a lot of hope. That, that There's hope in that, Jeannie. There is. So, Jeannie, yes. you have if a can... book. Go ahead. Yes. Oh, you I have a book. Say... Go ahead. Mm-hmm. I was just going to say that aging, and this is very, this has to do with the book because it's very clear in there, aging is not a disease because we have these uh-huh. crazy little symptoms that we, you know, when we, my husband last week put the cereal box in the refrigerator. <laughs> I mean, he's fine. Oh, he's just older. <laughs> he's 70 years old, and he just went, oh, good grief. Look what I just did. But that shows that sometimes we have glitches, and it's perfectly normal. It is not a sign of disease, but I won't be going into diagnosing here uh, right. the various <laughs> symptoms, but be aware. <laughs> oh, but, that's, yes, that's I did write a book, Naja. Yes, tell and, us about uh, Octane for the Brain. Tell us. Octane, all right. I didn't start out to write a book. That was number one. Um, I actually, uh-huh. after I worked in healthcare as a clinician, I worked as a speech and hearing uh, clinician, and I worked primarily as a language and memory path uh, therapist. So what happened is that <laughs> I realized one day when I was at work, I still remember exactly where I was sitting, and I went, we've got this kind of turned around backwards. Every day I come in here and I treat people who have something wrong with them. And I thought, what would it be like if healthcare were to take an opposite look and focus on prevention and how uh-huh. much greater life in general would be, how much better it would be for people not to have to go through healing and rehab. So that's what started me thinking of doing workshops that had to do with prevention. And then when I started doing those, there were so many people who wanted to get in them that I was having to turn people away. So that's what led to the book because I figured, well, at least I can provide them with something that they can take. And it's a book that's somewhat interactive. It has to do with um, how people can boost their memory, uh, keep the neurons firing, um, some background on really understanding your brain, but realizing that it's one thing to understand it and lay on the couch every night and read about how to understand my brain, but it's another thing to work it and do uh-huh. the lifestyle changes and make those. That is so extremely important. So that's what led to the book being developed and um, my goal in that is just to provide people with something that they can really understand because there's a lot of information out there, but it's not all presented in a clear fashion. So that's, yes. that was yes. the purpose behind the book. Well, that's, you know, I have to confess that I haven't read the book yet, but I, I am going to, to purchase it. And we can purchase it on Amazon. Is that correct? Uh, Amazon does carry it, and I also carry it on my website. When I send out the book from my website, I also include a lot of um, freebie resources. So just something to think about. Give us your your website, Jeannie. Give us your website and also your blog uh, uh, URL. Okay. It is um, www.octaneforthebrain.com. And then uh-huh. you can use it the same thing to get on the blog. You can get it that way, or you can just do the slash. I guess that's the uh, forward slash, right, Marsha? Uh, uh-huh. And uh-huh. then just put 
uh, blog after it. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, you know a lot of information. You share information. What have you personally done with regard to brain health? How have you applied all of that information to your personal life? You know, what I have done is to look, and it's easy for me because I work with a lot of people. I had someone come to class who was 100 years old. But what I did is I started looking for models and uh-huh. for myself, and I really highly recommend that we all do that. And that is find someone who has the wisdom, who is so strong, who has a positive belief, and find out, you know, talk to them because they can help us. And so I look for people who are still great in their field as they grow older. And so, like, I take on challenges. I challenge my brain like crazy. I climb on the back of horses. I'm still taking horseback riding lessons so that I can up the ante, make sure that my brain is constantly challenged. I just started um, learning a new musical instrument last weekend, and I was in a class full of little kids. And so here I showed up, and they were like, well, are you the teacher? <laughs> no, I'm just like you. Let's have some fun with this. So so we do just try to keep the brain <laughs> empowered, and hopefully I'm doing a good enough job that I will uh, come out with my brain, uh, much like <laughs> the brain that I've had so far, <laughs> that it will yes, stay yes. Um, powered up. That's uh, I like that. I bet the, the the children were surprised, right? They were. <laughs> that's cute. Some pictures. <laughs> that is cute. That's hilarious, but that's cute. Good for you, Jeannie. So we've got about four minutes left, and uh, I'd like for you. What kind of words of encouragement do you have for our listening audience? You've shared your personal story. You've given us some food for thought. You've given us some. Uh, fuel for thought uh you've shared with us what what your uh where your blog is located and i'm and you're kind of giving people a little something to look forward to uh your upcoming blog but what what words of encouragement do you have for our listening audience well i think knowing that i have some christians and hopefully many of them in the listening audience i want to remind you that as Christians, we have a strong belief in the power of prayer and meditation. And since we are facing a time of fear, possibly, about aging, because we don't have any guarantees, I want to share a verse that I meditate on every morning and every night. It's Deuteronomy 33:25, And the verse is, as thy days, so shall thy strength be. And I'd like to just share that with you because that's my prayer for each one of you listening today as well. As thy days, so shall thy strength be. Deuteronomy 33:25. I love that. I love that. Thank you, Jeannie. And there's a there's a passage in Psalm too, 139. There's a couple, but I'm going to read the one that just does remind us that our our life is in God's hand. This is Psalm 139, mm-hmm. 16, and it says, "Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be." And the verse that most people are familiar with in Psalm 139 is verse 14, and it says, I praise you because I am fearfully 
and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know them full well. So, yes, there are things that we can do to be amen and amen. There's things that we can do as good stewards, but ultimately our days are in the Lord's hands. I, You know, some would say we can shorten them. Some would say we can prolong them. That's a whole other podcast. But I know that <laughs> if we make good choices, you know, to, to, to live, uh, I know that, that uh, to live in a way that's pleasing to the Lord and, uh, you know, showing a way that we can give thanks for the life that he gives us and the life that he sustains, I think that is, uh, can be well with our soul. So I just want to say, Jeannie, thank you so much. Thank you for this time. Thank you for what you've shared with the listening audience. I love the verse in Deuteronomy. Thank you for sharing your personal story. And I just look forward to uh, us connecting again uh, in, up, coming up soon in, in for your blog. It, did you say it was in September? Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, it's going to be early forward. fall. Yes. Okay. Yes. I, I just, uh, I look forward to that. So with that, I just want to say to our listening audience, may God bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you and give you peace. And we'll talk again in a couple of weeks. Jeannie, you want to say any closing words to the audience? Thank you for listening. And I do um, wish you well on life's journey. And uh, may God grant you a lot of blessings. And um, just thank you again for coming and spending your time with Naja and I today. We enjoyed it. Amen. Okay. We'll talk again in a couple of weeks.